0: Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees. And it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you.
1: So much is about mindset. It's not about what happens to you, but about how you look at it that makes the biggest difference and it might and i agree and this might not be anything you ever wanted that you ever planned for that you may be in a position you never thought you would be in and it's okay to grieve the losses that you have to feel the feelings that you have to work through them you can resist but if it's not going to make any difference, all you're doing is expending energy for no good reason. You're gonna to have to do the thing anyway. You might as well wrap your head around that sooner rather than later, and you'll have a better life. Your next chapter can be your best chapter.
0: everyone. Welcome to Untying the Knot After 50, the complex landscape of gray divorce. Gray divorce is really about divorcing 50 and older. And there are a couple of things that tend to be different. Sometimes the children are already grown and out of the house. You might even have grandchildren. There may be You're more financially established. And so there may be some additional complexities with investments and retirement funds. There may be additional homes. And today with me is a a new uh, friend of mine who we've been doing a lot of uh, chats together. Her name is Karen Covey, and she's a divorce coach, life strategist, lawyer, mediator, speaker and author. Karen coaches uh, busy professionals and business owners who want to make clear, confident decisions during highly charged emotional situations. Karen also helps her clients become the CEO of their own divorce so that they can navigate through their divorce with less conflict, less expense, and less damage to themselves and their children. But there's more. Karen is the author of When Happily Ever After Ends, How to Survive Your Divorce Emotionally, Financially, and Legally. She is the creator of the Divorce Roadmap 2.0, an online program, and she hosts the podcast Off the Fence. I am excited about this conversation.
1: Welcome, Karen. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, Karen.
0: So let's dive in. Let's define gray divorce. Okay. We said it's over 50, but how would you explain to our listeners the dynamic of gray divorce that's kind of different from the average divorce?
1: Yeah. Gray divorce can be different from uh, an average divorce in a lot of ways. And what makes gray divorce different, you can sum up pretty much into two words, which is finite resources. When you're divorcing and you're 50 or over, you have presumably, unless you are lucky enough to live to 150 or 200, which very few of us do, you've got more life behind you than what you're looking at in front of you. So you have less time to make up financial losses. You have less energy. Some people do, some some don't. Like you said, there may be adult children and grandchildren to contend with, although Gray divorce isn't this monolithic thing, right? There are especially men who are in their 80s or 90s who have small children. So gray divorce can also involve younger children issues. It can involve adult children issues. It's tricky in a lot of ways. But if you have what most people think of as a traditional gray divorce, it's a couple that's been married for 20, 30, 40 years. Their kids are grown. Now they're getting a divorce. And in that situation, you've also got identity issues to deal with because for decades, you've thought of yourself as a husband, wife, mother, father, what, like all these things. You've had an identity as a particular human. And now all of a sudden that's blowing up and that can be really hard to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. So there's a lot of moving pieces. And let's start with let's start with the kids. So in grade divorce, you could have children still at home who aren't even headed off to college yet. And in that same category, you could have grown children with spouses and grandchildren. And so how does that play into to the dynamic?
1: Well, again, it depends on your particular family family situation, but a lot of people have the boomerang children, right? So they, they went off to college and they boomerang back and now they're living in their basement or the bedroom or the whatever. So they're still in the house. This is I definitely know that. thing. Yeah. I've got <laughs> some boomerang kids. <laughs> <laughs> so the divorce is going to affect the children. They're still in the marital house. They may be grown. But it's still going to affect them. The other way that people don't think about it, but that a gray divorce or a divorce later in life can affect adult children is financially. This is what I mean. If one spouse ends up doing poorly in the divorce, doesn't have enough money to make it through the end of their life. Who do you think is going to support them? who are they going to go to for support as they get old it's going to be their kids right so a gray oh. divorce can end up having a financial burden on adult children that in a different way than you know than it would burden a younger couple with younger children right, right. so the other thing is too with adult children They're old enough to understand a lot more than, say, a two year old. And so, if mom or dad is leaving the marriage because they had an affair, do not think the kids are not going to have an opinion about that. They absolutely are. Or if mom or dad is leaving just for what the children perceive as selfish reasons, like you're leaving to find yourself or to find true happiness. And meanwhile, Poor dad or poor mom is stuck here all by themselves. And the adult child becomes the emotional support for the parent. And it just really can do a number on the whole family dynamic from that point forward. And, you know, as you're speaking, a
0: couple of years ago, we did an interview with two psychologists from the West Coast who talk about the challenges of adult children and divorce. And that episode for everybody listening is in the show notes. So you can click and listen to that. And one of the interesting things that they pointed out was the need for boundaries on both sides, that the parents divorcing could think, well, my kid's in their thirties, they're in their late twenties. I can tell them what uh bad person, the other spouse is, and I can tell them how scared I am about money and I can tell them and I can tell them. And, and so, so boundaries. And then on the other side, what you said, the kids who are like, what do you think you're doing? And the adult children who feel like they have a right to weigh in on their parents. And so it's fascinating that in grade divorce, when you have adult children who have their own There's there are those boundaries that are really important.
1: Yeah, very much so. And parents, they tend to think, oh, my kids are older. I can tell them anything. I can talk to them. I can tell them. I don't care who you are. There is no child or person on the planet who wants to think of their parents like doing bad things to each other right and so even though you think you can tell all share all there is such a thing as oversharing as a parent and as a child i have coached adult children who i've had to say no you have to have boundaries around yourself too and say i do not want to hear what dad did to you or what mom did to you i just yeah. i don't want to hear it and hold that boundary and then the parent gets a little upset it's like but you're my child and they, like it it can get very Strange.
0: Yeah. And
1: so there's that piece. And then the other piece that's really interesting
0: is I think it's almost counterintuitive. My children were four and six when I told them that I was leaving dad, right? They had four to six years under a roof with both parents. When you're in your late teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and you find out that that family of origin that has been solid for decades is falling apart, one would think, well, why do you care so much? You have your own spouse and your own kids. And yet that foundation of their family of origin can really
1: unhinge the adult child. Very much so. It can affect the adult child's marriage or relationship that they have. And and you would think, how does that happen? And what happens is that when the child, especially if they thought that the marriage was okay enough. Like it was solid. It didn't have to be all sunshine and kittens, but it was solid enough. They never thought their parents were going to divorce. And then all of a sudden they do. It's like somebody pulled the ground out from underneath them. And they're saying, yes. Is, was my whole life a lie? Exactly. Was this all fake? And then they start looking at their own relationship and saying, well, if my parents' marriage, which I always thought was fine, blows up, What about my marriage that I thought this was fine, too, but is this going to blow up?
0: Right. And so I think we just touched on like these levels of emotional complexity that many don't even consider until they're all of a sudden nose to nose with it and
1: dealing with all these other emotions and reactions, 100%. And there's the emotional complexity. There's the financial complexity. Yeah. Let's dive in. And that can be in a lot of different ways. Like the one that you mentioned that by the time you're older, theoretically, anyway, you've had the chance to amass some wealth. You might have a more complex investment picture or asset structure or something like that, or you might not right? According to statistics, and I can't remember where I saw this, and I I think that I'm getting it right. I'm not the best with statistics. 50% of women and 47% of men between the ages of 50 and 65 have no retirement savings. Zero. Wow. So if you're looking at divorcing later in life, And you don't have you haven't adequately saved for retirement or you saved with what would be adequate if the two of you were staying together, but not if you're splitting it up into two households. Now, all of a sudden you have a problem, because if you are, let's say you were the stay at home parent who hasn't had a job in 20 or 30 years. Now you're looking at a financial situation where you can't afford to retire, but you haven't had a job in so long. What are you going to do? That's very scary. You've got to get out there and do something. And it's terrifying. Or if you're, even if you still do have a job, a lot of my clients, it's like, I thought I was going to retire at 60 or 65, whatever their age was. And now they're looking at extending their working life to 70, 75, maybe even 80, maybe never retiring, right? Because they just don't have the finances to do it. Right. And then in that situation, not only
0: are you navigating the complexities of your divorce, but you're maybe talking to a vocational expert, maybe starting to figure out how do I recreate myself? What do I what what am I skilled at? Do I have to go back to school? And that can be very, very scary. And divorce is scary. So now you've got a double trouble going
1: on hundred percent. And there's other financial issues people don't think about. For example, if you've had one person as the primary breadwinner, the other person is the stay-at-home spouse, and now you're getting divorced, the stay-at-home spouse often assumes, well, of course I'm going to get alimony because I don't have a job, right? But if you divorce and two people are both retired or at retirement age, you're splitting assets and it doesn't matter who used to make the most money, you're both going to be living off of the same amount of money and there's right. not going to be anyone supporting you. Right. So, it's a very different picture or if you're on the other side of that where you're the person, you're the spouse who was ready to retire, now you're facing a divorce and you're saying, "Oh my gosh, I have to keep continue to work to support myself and pay my spouse, my spouse who's not working, that can leave a really bitter taste in your mouth if you've been looking forward to retiring. So on both sides, this can be a real problem because you're looking again at that finite time period. You don't have as much time to make money, invest money, grow your wealth. You have to live on what you have or keep working. And with all of these challenges, you
0: had said offline that the number of gray divorces are growing more rapidly than your average divorce.
1: You know what most people don't realize? Cause we all hear the, the eye catching statistics in the headlines. The divorce rate is going up. It's 50%. It's whatever that the site calmed down right now. But for a long time, the, the tabloids, the newspapers used to love to say how high the divorce rate is. When you actually dig down into the statistics. The divorce rate has actually, for most people, been declining since the 1980s. Not by a ton, but it's been quietly going down, except for the over 50 crowd. The divorce rate for those over 50 is actually. Increasing, and the divorce rate for those over sixty-five has just about tripled in the last, I think, fifteen years or so. So, why do you think that uh, is? Is there understanding of what's going on that that's happening? So, I haven't seen any studies on it or statistics on it. What I can just say anecdotally from the people that I see in my practice is, "Hey, I have less time left to live than I've already lived. I want a little happiness." I put up with the spouse who was an alcoholic for all these years and it's gotten progressively worse. I can't do this anymore. Or I've dealt with the spouse who was high conflict, had anger issues. I just can't live this way anymore. Or it's some version of I want to live with the the time that I have left. Yeah,
0: I wonder if women are in the workforce more and have more agency over themselves. It'd be so curious to see if there isn't a statistic because it's almost impossible in America to live with one income unless someone makes a really nice amount of money. And so, so many of the couples that I work with and individuals that I work with, they're coming from two income households, which just gives you a little bit more freedom and agency to make that decision. A hundred percent. I think that
1: if you look back over decades, centuries, the history of marriage and divorce, which I like, I'm a geek about this stuff, right? So it used to be that women didn't get divorced because they couldn't, because if they got a divorce, to your point, how were they going to support themselves? You needed a husband. A woman couldn't own property in her own name. A woman, there were a limited number of professions that a woman could enter into nursing, teaching. That was pretty much it. And so women didn't divorce not because their marriages were any happier 100 years ago than they are right. now, but because financially it was suicide. Right. And in fact, I do believe the
0: statistics um, show that women initiate divorce more often than men. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we've looked at the emotional and then you kind of went really quickly over a lot of financial stuff. And so if you were to say what the key areas are that someone facing or considering great divorce needs to look at, how would we break those down?
1: I would always first and foremost, start with financial, because if there truly isn't enough money to survive. If you wouldn't have enough to survive on after a divorce and you don't have an alternate plan, you've got to fix that problem first before you leave. Unless you're in an abusive situation. In that case, I always say, look, if your life is in danger, if your physical health is in danger, you got to get out and you can worry about the rest later. But absent that situation, first thing to look at is finances. Is this even remotely possible. And it might be tight, but tight is different than I've got to eat cat food the rest of my life. And then also look at what do you want out of your life? What matters to you? What are your goals? What are your priorities? What are your values, right? If you want some happiness, if you and your spouse have over the years just grown totally apart, and you're like strangers, and you don't enjoy doing anything together, all you have in common is the past and the kids, then you have to say, okay, with the time I have left in my life, what do I want to do? do, What's important to me? On the other hand, you've also got to look, I still think you look at the family as a whole. Do you value keeping the family together? What's that going to do for you, for your kids? You weigh that, against your own personal freedom and happiness and ability to move on, right? And it's always a weighing factor or a weighing balancing test. Um, And most people in our culture will come out saying, look, I want some happiness for some period of time. And I think that's a perfectly legitimate thing to say, Um, but it's about looking at all those moving pieces, the money, the relationships, the identity. Although in truth, most people who are going to have their identity rocked are the people whose spouses decided to divorce because they're blindsided. They didn't ever think this was going to happen to them. And all of a sudden they're looking at a whole new life or creating a whole new life at 50, 60, or 70 years old. That's scary. Yeah.
0: Because our audience is so heavily high conflict, even if you're the one initiating it, If you're facing a gray divorce and you've already been 20, 30 plus years in a relationship that has chipped away at your soul, that has stripped you of your identity and your self-confidence, that's a really scary place to be like, okay, all of that. And like in my case, we had financial I'll say irresponsibility, like our finances were in shambles as I entered my divorce. I was in my 40s, but I was a working mom. So that gave me some foundation that this is going to be really hard, but at least I know I could go out in the world and be a professional. When you're facing gray divorce and you are trying to emerge from a high conflict marriage, That's a that's a really challenging one, I would imagine.
1: It's super challenging because if you're in a high conflict marriage, you've got to have your eyes open. You know that there is a substantial chance that you're going to have a high conflict divorce and high conflict divorces are expensive by the time you pay the lawyer's fees and whatever other Experts, financial expert, or this expert, or that expert, depending on what your situation is, right. that can get super expensive. I'm working with a, a client now who's I think she's been going through a divorce for two years, pretty high conflict situation. And the divorce lawyer fees between her and her husband are over 1.5 million already. And they're not divorced. Oh yet. They're not even at trial yet. Right. So it can be really, really expensive. And remembering again, that you don't have a lot of time to rebuild your finances. When you're divorcing in a great divorce, you don't want to spend a million dollars on lawyers. You don't have it to spend on lawyers because you most people can't recoup it in the time period that they have left on the planet. So you want to try to do this as amicably as possible, knowing that high conflict is never amicable, but it's like, how can you... Try to get a professional team together that will get you through this with the least amount of cost possible for you.
0: Yeah, and I'm just considering someone listening right now and going, okay, should I slit my wrist now? Or So let's pivot, let's pivot to the solutions here because I think that if you're in high conflict and you're in a gray divorce, and let's at least say that your kids are emancipated. Now, you and I both know that emancipated kids can also be more expensive in those emerging adult years than they were in their teens. But if your kids are emancipated, and there's a certain amount of money to fight over, there's still the issue of, okay, how do I do this as efficiently as possible? And I think that's where educating yourself, listening to podcasts like this and educating yourself, certainly understanding your finances. And and this is an area where it is vitally important that you bring a financial expert onto your team because especially the certified divorce financial analysts, they have the ability to forecast and, and forecasting is a way of looking at what you have, what you owe, what you make, what you need, and looking at how are you going to be five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. And so it gives you a picture of if nothing were to change from this point forward, where does that leave you? And that really at least begins to put some choices and possibility on the table. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells, doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today.
1: Are you ready to break free from your mundane
0: midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy Valentine, host of the Midlife Makeover Show. Tune into my podcast where we talk about all things midlife. You'll learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Just go to the themidlifemakeovershow.com and join the midlife party.
1: Financial advisor, especially in a gray divorce, is absolutely crucial yeah. because they can, like you said, they run the projections for you. And sometimes the projections aren't as bad as you think they're going to be. Like they can say, "Look, you need X amount of dollars in a retirement account or an investment account or whatever to make it through to if you died at 100." You say, okay, I'm good with that. But now you know what the number is that you're shooting for that you have to have. And oftentimes people don't realize if their money is tied up, for example, in real estate, It doesn't seem like they have a lot of money, right? But you can see the financial advisor can do the projections and say, no, if we sell this or move this, or you have income here or blah, 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 and they work their magic, they can show you that maybe your picture isn't as bad as you thought. Maybe you have more options than you thought. And then that brings the anxiety level down. You can breathe, you can think, and then you can make better decisions moving forward with that knowledge. Absolutely.
0: And then let's take a look at at uh, going back into the workforce. And it's, as with anything, any change, it's going to be scary in the beginning. And this is where coaching and therapy come in, because if you're in full resistance of what you have to do, you're expending a lot of energy into a black hole. And at the end of that, when you finally go, I guess I still have to do it, you've got a lot less energy. And so this is where getting the emotional support and the perspective shifts, right? The reframing of- what if this is for me, right? Like Byron Katie always says, nothing happens to us. It happens for us. It's never too early or too late. It's always at the exact right time. We generally just don't like it. And it would be easier if we could see the possibility. And so from that spirit, let's just talk about what would that look like to find out that you do have a skill set, that you do have a passion, that you can be, a productive member of society and not just doing something you hate, but doing something that you feel brings value to the world.
1: A hundred percent. I have seen retired people who just literally sit on the porch, wither, and die because they don't have a purpose left, right? And they're that's certainly not all retired people. Some people are retired and having a blast, you know. Yep. But for other people, it's that loss of a place to go every day, a purpose, a job, a community. Look, if you're going to work, at least in the past today, a lot of people work remotely, but you know, you're at least with uh, other people, you're talking to other humans. It keeps you alive. It keeps you young. So much is about mindset. It's not about what happens to you, but about how you look at it that makes the biggest difference. And it might, and I agree. And this might not be anything you ever wanted that you ever planned for that you may be in a position you never thought you would be in. And it's okay to grieve the losses that you have, to feel the feelings that you have, to work through them. You can resist, but if it's not going to make any difference, all you're doing is expending energy for no good reason. You're going to have to do the thing anyway. You might as well wrap your head around that sooner rather than later, and you'll have a better life. Your next chapter can be your best chapter.
0: Yeah. A sad story, a short story. I had this woman reach out and she must have been married three decades or more, had two or three adult children, and was in such resistance and such regret that she just spiraled into a depression. And no matter what we talked about, there was, dare I say, there was like a stubbornness in her mind. Like she refused. I absolutely will not look forward and see possibility. And so much so that, you know, she just she slammed into a wall and it was like, I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to believe that. And I ended up speaking to her a couple of, maybe a couple of months, a half a year later. And then it was like, well, now not only am I alone and really limited on funds, but now my kids aren't talking to me. And I tell this story and listeners, you know, I so rarely tell like a a sad and negative story, but it, it just struck me so much that she was articulate. She was smart. She just was in a thousand percent resistance. And she chose, and it was a choice. She chose to sit in this place well beyond grieving and be miserable and look in the rear view mirror and fret and regret what used to be to the point where she was losing her relationship with her kids, going nowhere and doing nothing to fix this impending problem that was coming up. If that's you, now, I think that this individual needed something much more than coaching, which is what we recommended that she see a mental health expert because she was just stuck, stuck, stuck. And so if that story resonates with you, I would say find a therapist, find a psychologist. You might need some temporary medication. And I think that has, I am so an anti-medication person, but... When you're going through a transition like this and you're scared and you're stuck and you're paralyzed, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication can be like a lifeguard, a life buoy that gets your head above water so that you can start thinking more clearly and making better decisions.
1: Yeah, that's very, very sound advice.
0: Yeah, yeah. What else do we have before we wrap up? So we talked about the emotions. We talked about considering going back to work. I'm going to put another guest episode on vocational experts because that's the other one where Going back to the excitement, when you meet with somebody who knows what's going on out there and they can look at you and do an assessment and go, You have been the CEO of your household for a really long time. And I'm hearing all of these skills that you don't hear. And they see possibility where you can't. And so if that's you and it's like, Okay, I'd be open to it, but I really feel I don't have anything. Chances are you have something. I had a client many years ago and she goes, I have no skills at all. There was nothing I could do. Turns out she had been virtually the CFO of her husband's family's business for years. She just wasn't getting paid and she didn't have a title. And she told me what she was doing. I was like, girlfriend, go out there. Let's put a resume together. Like you've got skills. No, you weren't paid for it. Shame for that but you do have something you can do. And so sometimes, what's that saying? You can't see the label of the jar from the inside. Sometimes you need someone outside to be able to look and go, I see things in you. And that's what Karen and I do, the Karen and Karen show. That's what we do as coaches. We really help people expand their perspective and see possibility that on their own, they can't see.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And just sort of tying in, that ties into another point that's important, which is community, right? As you're going through a divorce, and especially if you're older and your circle of friends has been shrinking for years, right? And now you're looking around and you're saying, what do I do? Because you're going to lose friends in a divorce. You just do. Everybody does. Um, This is a great opportunity to go out, to meet new people, join support groups to start, get people who are around you, who can help lift you up emotionally and also make new friends. And if you get the job, you're going to meet more people and you're going to make new friends. This is a time in life where you could really, you really need a community around you But you might have to look for it. It's not like when you're 12 and you're all going to school together. Right. You got to look for the community. But there's so many of them out there and they're there for you. If you're willing to dip your toe in the water, if you're willing to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and do something new, you may be amazed at the results. Absolutely. I always
0: encourage people to sign up for meetup.com. Every interest under the sun, there are people who get together. None of them know each other. You're not walking into a party where everyone knows each other. You're walking into a group where everybody is looking for new people to meet. And it's a time of life that can be incredibly expansive. Oh, I'm going to do yoga. Oh, I'm going to buy myself a mountain bike. Oh, I'm going to start kayaking or I'm going to start painting or I'm going to take up photography. Or you know what? I love to dance as a young person. And I'm going to, there's so many things that are possible. Once we can get past the resistance of, I can't believe this is happening. My life is over life. As I know it from this point forward is going to be terrible. That's not the mindset you want to have. And that's where someone outside of you can be. And it could be therapist. It could be a coach. It could be a best friend, but you can get there. And we've seen, I know I have, and I know you have too, Karen, so many people Our entire Voices of Celebration series is about people who said, I was absolutely certain this was the worst thing that was ever going to happen to me in my life. And I can't believe I'm sitting here talking to you, Karen, and telling you this was the best thing that happened. And I love my new life. And I'm so excited about my future. And at the end of the day, that's what we wish for each and every one of you.
1: Absolutely. And it's totally possible. You might need help getting there. There's no shame in getting the help that you need, Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to be willing to open your mind to that possibility. And that's your part of the uh, of this equation. And then getting the right help, somebody like Karen or I or a therapist or any person that can help you change and learn and grow is going to be a positive influence in your life. Yeah. And Karen, how can our listeners find you? They can go to KarenCovey.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-C-O-V-Y.com. There is no version in my, no E in my version of Covey. Otherwise, i would be related to somebody important and I probably wouldn't have to work for a living. <laughs> so Karen has an online program. She has the name of your podcast again is. It is Off the Fence. And you can get to the podcast from my website. You can get to the blog from my website. You can get the book on my website. Everything is there on my website. It's KarenCovey.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation. You're
0: welcome. Thank you
1: for having me. This was really fun.
0: Yeah, it was. And we'll see you again real soon. You take care. Our free Rapid Relief Call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit RapidReliefCall.com to book your call today. group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.